0: Sometimes, the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the Back of the Range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Welcome to the Back of the Range. I'm your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 83. It's Open Championship Week at Royal Port Rush. That means we're going to do another giveaway. So, it'll be on Instagram. If you aren't following us there, do so now. We're at the Back of the Range podcast. Typical rules apply, you know the drill. Tag some friends, pick the winner of the Open, and as a tiebreaker, provide the winning score. The winner will get one of our new trucker hats, maybe some tees and a towel, a ball marker, basically anything we got that has our logo on it, you're going to get it. Speaking of the Open Championship at Royal Port Rush, our friends over at the Dunvegan in St. Andrews, Scotland, are on tour this week. They've actually recreated the world-famous Golfer's Corner Bar In Northern Ireland. If you remember back on episode 35, I had a great conversation with Sheena Willoughby about her 25 years of running the Dunvegan in St. Andrews, along with her husband, Jack. Well, I had another chance to chat with her about this amazing project of relocating the experience of the Dunvegan at the Open in Royal Port Rush. If you want to listen to that conversation, the link is in the show notes of this episode. And you never know, you just might hear some more stories from the Dunvegan later this summer. Remember, keep sharing the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Reviews are always appreciated in Apple Podcasts, so keep those coming. And if you want to shoot me an email with any suggestions, or if you need to catch up on the previous episodes, go to thebackoftherange.com. Everything you need, it's right there. Our guest this week was thrust into the national spotlight last year after she made the national championship winning putt for her University of Arizona women's golf team. After the Wildcats barely snuck into the match play portion of the championship as the eighth seed, they ran through match play and defeated Alabama. Haley Moore made another clutch putt at this year's national championship, which got the Wildcats into the semis. Even though her college career ended there, Haley was able to cap off her amateur career with a top 10 finish at the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur. I spoke to her about that tournament, her career at Arizona, and the early success as a professional on the Cactus Tour. She's prepping now for Q School, and this is someone that you're going to see on the LPGA Tour very soon. Now, you heard me mention the show notes of this podcast. You're going to see several links in there. One of them is going to be to Haley Moore's GoFundMe account. might want to take a look at that, and if you want to support someone that is starting their career as a professional, this is a perfect way to do so. So let's get started Haley, thanks for joining me here at the back of the range. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm, I'm glad you can join us. You know, uh, you know, we we like to promote in our episodes on Instagram. I know you follow us on Instagram, so that's that's nice to have a guest that uh, kind of knows the drill and knows what we do around here. Uh, we yeah. had your coach from Arizona, Laura Ionello, on last season. That was a lot of fun. What do you miss most about uh, about being on that team right now? You're a new professional. What's the one thing you miss most about school?
1: Um, I mean, I definitely miss the team aspect, all my teammates, and just my coaches just because I won't really be seeing them as much. I mean, I'll be watching them online basically now instead sure. of seeing them in person, but one of my teammates, Bianca, she's planning on – being pro to and going to q school so i'm hoping i'll be able to see her and i definitely do miss the team but i know that um coach laura she's gonna do great things with the with all the new freshmen coming in and with all the players returning they're gonna do pretty well these next couple of years
0: oh yeah yeah i would not be surprised if uh if they're right up there again, fighting for another national championship in next year and the years to come. Uh, I know that coach Onello picked up a uh, coach of the year. So uh, lots of back of the range mm-hmm. mojo all over the place at Arizona. Before we talk about, uh, you know, your, your college experience and recently turning pro, you also had that, uh, that great invitation to play in the very first women's amateur at Augusta national. I always like getting into the start of, of my guests, uh, you know, golf journey, so to speak. So, Tell me a little bit how, and you're not the only golfer in the family, so tell me a little bit about, uh, you know, getting into the game, growing up in Escondido, California. um, How did you get started with golf?
1: So I was about five years old at the time, and that was when I actually just first started up picking a golf club. And my brother, who was two years, he's two years older than me, I kind of just went down to the range with him one day, and I just saw him hitting balls. And my dad and my grandpa, basically kind of my whole family, was kind of just playing golf. Like, kind of just for fun at first and just trying it out. Um, and so I just kind of grabbed on the clubs, And they, enjoyed, they were kind of just teaching me just, like, how to swing it. And so I just started swinging it. And I hit some good shots and then I hit some really bad ones
0: okay <laughs> um, that sounds like all but, of us so that's okay
1: <laughs> um, but it seemed like it seemed pretty cool um because basically I, then I started there was a local coach here in California um who would just he's like a starter coach for like the new. like the new kids who are starting golf sure we were kind of with him for a little bit he would do clinics for us on the weekend he would host a clinic that we would go to on chipping cutting and hitting just to try to get us better at the game and then when I was six I took about a year to practice then I played in my first tournament ever when I was six years old and actually that first tournament it was a tournament it was like the at the time it was called the Callaway Junior World Golf Championship, so it's like it's a huge tournament. Yeah. Like a lot of people from around the world come to California and play it. And so <laughs> um I was like in the sixth and under division. So there were only five girls and <laughs> since I wasn't really much into the game I I <laughs> came in last place. But <laughs> it was actually pretty cool. And they act there was actually a new station down there. And they actually um, they caught a video of me like skipping down one of the fairways because I played like a part three course. Sure, sure. But I was skipping down the fairway, and they're like, "They're like, oh, who cares how she's playing? She said she's just having fun R- strolling down the fairway."
0: <laughs> Perfect. That's I mean that that's golf right there. That's what golf should be at all times.
1: Yeah. And so, like after that tournament, I just I started playing in a local golf association. And it just kind of progressed from there. I did play, um, I did all, I played soccer and softball when I was younger, also. Okay. I played soccer for about three years. Then I just did softball and golf just because it's kind of hard to do three sports at once. Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: then I did softball for probably another three years. Then uh, I, at that point, I had to decide between golf and softball just because I would be missing a lot of softball games on the weekends because I had golf tournaments. So I stuck to golf after that. And then I just kind of focused on that and just progressed through it.
0: You know, we're going to talk a little bit about AJG. It's not something I've talked a lot about on this podcast, but I did want to hit a little bit on that. But You know, I can't I can't get away from the fact that, you know, your your brother, Tyler, I know he went to Arizona. He did transfer to UC Riverside, but he's only two years older than you. So I'm guessing there had to have been a lot of, uh, you know, sibling matches uh, on the chipping green, putting green, a lot of competition. Um, There had to have been a timing. First of all, your brother and sister. So you're going to fight anyway. But brother Mm -hmm. and sister on the golf course. I'm sure there had to have been some heated matches involved there. Um, did you practice with him or you know, how, how did that dynamic work when you guys were growing up?
1: Um, yeah, we actually we did practice a lot together when we were younger and we would kind of we would play in the same tournament but sometimes we would be in at different courses or he would tee off early in the morning then sure. I would tee off in the afternoon. But we would still like to see each other sometimes. Um, and then a couple times, if we were playing at the same golf course, what sometimes like to help out because both of my parents would watch us too play. Um, so to help them out, they would they would pair us like back to back. Oh, nice. Like he would be like the last group of boys, often I would be the first group of girls. Sure. And that was like, like not just for my parents, but for me and myself. I can also just kind of see how he's playing, and <laughs> okay. we can kind of made. Like if he makes a birdie, I'm like, I need a birdie. If I can watch him make a birdie, we can kind of like feed off of each other. Okay. So like that's pretty cool. And like even today, we still, I mean, we still practice. We'll see each other practicing, or we'll go out to our country club and we play in this group together um, with uh, with another group of guys. And it gets pretty competitive because we may not be in the same group, but like if we're playing good, we'll come in. And we'll be like, what'd you shoot? And I'll be like, oh, I shot this. And he's like, oh, no. Stop. you me. <laughs> All yeah. right. So,
0: so let's see. Is, uh, would you rather beat someone? I mean, how much joy do you get out of beating your brother versus maybe another, uh, you know, person on the Arizona team? I mean, would it get that? I mean, is that what would drive you? Like, like if you're beating him or beating some of his friends, or is it just you'd end up being in the same group and, and you know, yeah, not not that competitive, or or was that like kind of like a driving factor when you guys were starting and playing together?
1: It's not too competitive, and we beat each other just because we know it could happen. I mean, because sure. we both, so like we we both have really great talent, and one day we might just not play the best that we can. And right. okay, um, I mean, some. I mean, <laughs> I think <laughs> it's like <laughs> here it comes here like... it comes.
0: I I could just I could feel it. It's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> I
1: mean. I mean, beating him does <laughs> beating him feels nice, but <laughs> beating another person like on another team, sure. especially like if it was for me like to win an individual title or someone who was like ranked high, who was ranked better than me, like to beat them overall, that kind of feels a little bit better.
0: Sure, <laughs> of course, of yeah. course. What's a shot that you're that you would love to have your brother hit for you because it's not your strength, and maybe what is a shot that you would like take off your brother's hands because you know it's not his strength.
1: So I mean, we both we both hit the ball pretty long, but okay. he hits it farther. So on a couple holes, I would on some holes at our catcher club. I would love for him just to tee off for me, <laughs> that way I can have a little bit of a closer distance into the green. Right. And then for him, I would if I had to hit a shot for him, he would probably want me to probably hit like some wet shots okay or maybe to do like uh like if i had like a ship where it's kind of downhill, where so you don't have much green um because i've been working on a lot of like the shots where i've short-sighted myself and i don't have much green to work with uh um, my he might have one of me do those so nice.
0: So AJGA, you had a phenomenal 2015, uh, you know, your, uh, you know, first team all American, uh, you know, junior all American within the AJGA, you know, many top 10 finishes, many wins throughout your uh, career. And then one thing I'm seeing with, which is kind of a continuation into the college game is you're, you're tough in match play. So, uh-huh. um, talk to me a little bit about junior golf how that helped you get into the shape to, to play D1 athletics?
1: When I, like, first started playing, like, in the local SEJGA tournament and, like, SEPGA, like, uh, I played those before I got into the, into AJGA. Um, right. the, there really weren't many, a lot of, like, match play. But it was more stroke play. But I knew, like, at the college level, I knew that, like, there are some tournaments that you can play about this match play and then like I would always watch like the Solheim Cup, the Ryder Cup, President Cup, all through P J and L P J tour. And so if I wanted to be at that level one day I would have to experience this match play format and just how different it is in regular show play. And so when I just first started playing the A J J, one of my goals was to get on the Wyndham Cup team and play on the junior Solheim Cup team. Mm-hmm. And um, when I, um, so I just, I, I mean, I knew I just had to just play consistent golf and the invitationals, get like top 10, get like top 10 in big tournaments. Maybe win a, win a couple tournaments. Um, and then I was at, I was actually, and just kind of from watching like the Ryder cup and, and Solheim cup, I think I was kind of learning like how, like in the best ball format with my partner, like. I could kind of figure out who would be the best partner for me, for me. Because, like, if I I hit it long, I would want my partner to have a good, like, short game, like, or who would have, would be really good on the putting green, like, making putts. And then, I mean, alternate shot is pretty tough. So um, I would like someone who's about equally, as long as me or has about equally the same game as me, that's probably the best, that's probably like the best person you want to have out there. Oh, yeah. Um, And so when I, I was actually in a movie theater, I remember with my mom, and I got this call during the theater from this number. I had no idea who it was, and they left me a voicemail. And so I look at, I I listened to it after, after we get out of the theater, and it was, that I'd been selected to play on the Wyndham Cup team for the West team. And I was pretty happy just because I, like, that was a big goal in mine. Sure. And it was actually, it was my last, it was my last year playing AJJ tournament. It wasn't even my last year to be eligible to play in it. So I knew, knew a lot of the guys and the girls who were going to be on the team. So I knew we had a really good shot of winning it. I got along with them really well during the match play, and then same thing with with the Daniel Solheim Cup. I was actually at the women's amateur in Portland. My dad was catting for me, and after the first round, one of the uh, assistant captains, she was she was actually from the AJJ. She actually she was tournament director for some of the um, invitational tournaments, so I knew her pretty well. She um she was like I think she was like a rules official that week for like usga and sure. so i'm just having lunch outside and she comes up and tells me that i've been selected as the captain's pick and so i gotta like, have this because my dad was also there who was chatting for me and, and like he knew that i was really close of getting on this team and like when i heard we'd be going to germany and playing like the same course where they're playing and we get to watch them one day compete like that was pretty awesome to see.
0: absolutely absolutely well yeah
1: I think um, playing in those two match play tournaments, that really helped me prepare for college just because I knew that, because then I heard that the format for the national championship is changing to match play. Yeah. And I think it's it's a lot more exciting uh, match play format. So um, I knew having that experience, I could definitely help my team like kind of get used to it. And like we played, we would actually play some match. We would actually go out after practice. We would go out for fun and just play a match between my my teammate and I just like just to get us ready.
0: sure no that's a great preparation and it, and that's yeah. fantastic with all the experiences you had in in Germany and the mm-hmm. with Wyndham Cup. We have a lot of listeners that are either uh you know juniors or um you know parents of juniors actually a lot of parents of juniors listen to this podcast because they're trying to figure out okay. How do I put my child or how do I, you know, as a kid listening, you know, how do I put myself in the best position to get to a college and and either get a scholarship or find the right school that's right for me? You know, whether it's a, a big D1 school like Arizona or a, you know, a, a smaller school, a Division two or or anything like that. Um, I know Arizona is, is close to Escondido. It's not, you know, across the country. But can you maybe talk about what drew you into Arizona as opposed to maybe other schools that were recruiting you.
1: I was actually my brother and he was looking, um, my brother was visiting colleges too. And so I would kind of just go with him. Like we went to San Diego state together cause they were pretty interested. And in, I mean, it's it's only a 45 minute drive from our house. Sure. So like, that's the closest. So, I mean I had I did li- I did like the campus but I just I knew that there's a there's better golf programs. There's like there's there's good golf programs out there. Like Pac twelve is a huge like? Pac twelve S SEC like the Power Five conferences are probably the schools that I wanted to look at because I knew that um those are the best golf schools to compete for national championships. Sure. And so when I went to U of A with him I just I the coaches were pretty, they were already recruiting me pretty well because it was actually kind of funny. I played in the polo golf uh, junior tournament out at PJ National, and the assistant coach was actually watching me. And one of the holes I had, I was in like, I was on the cart path, but I, where I had to drop, I would have had to drop in like this high grass. So I, I had to hit it off the cart path and like kind of punch it over like the water. And, like I hit this amazing shot and like the, or the assistant coach he was pretty amazed and like he took he put me on his list right away of like to watch me so all the other tournaments he would come out and like other big schools were watching me um and so I just decided to go take a visit with my brother so that all of both coaches would be with me and then the head coaches of the men's team would be with my brother so we kind of like were walking around together and I just kind of fell in love right away um, with this school, with the university, just because it has a great athletic program. And um, I knew that Anika, now they go best, Lorena Ochoa, some really good players who, who, some really good players went to that school who had a great college career. And then, I mean, played super well in the pros. And I mean, when you see that,
0: you know, that the college golf helped them prepare them for the pros. Um, and, yeah, and, that was pretty cool. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned Anika, I know that, that Arizona plays in the Anika intercollegiate every year. And, you know, when I've spoken to players and, and even, uh, coach Alan Bratton from Oklahoma state, you have such a, a great legacy of talent that's been in and through that program, uh, you know, I know you have spent time, I know the team has spent time with Natalie Gulbis and with Anika. What are maybe, I know it's a numerous amount of things, but is there anything that sticks out that you may have learned, whether it's even just about the game or just maybe how to manage your college career or prepare yourself to be a professional? Um, can you think of maybe something that you've learned from Natalie Gulbis or Anika Stornstam and, and all the time that you've had to be able to, to, to spend with them?
1: When I was a freshman, I, of my spring, because I came in one semester early. Yep. So I was, um, so that was like the big part of our schedule. And so we had the first, it was my first home tournament at our home golf course. She actually came, she came on the first day super early in the morning and just kind of talked to all the players and she had a dinner with us. And she was just like, I mean, she didn't play all four years. So she's like, you just, you just have to enjoy it all and just enjoy the ride and i mean you will hit some bumps in college you might be going through like a slump but just don't don't have that affect you you have two great coaches who um will work with you to get through it and then like with the on and then with Annika, um she's just yeah, I mean she pretty much. <laughs>
0: yeah, Annika talks. I, mean, I don't care what she's talking about. You're just eyes are you know eyes are open. ears are. You're just
1: yeah. yeah when you just when you just hear Annika talk, you're just like yeah, like that's pretty awesome what she did. And I mean, I think she was probably the best college player when she, um when she was there. Like everyone was trying to beat her. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I was. I mean, every time we got to Annika, she would always. Just praise about how coach because like coach laura was on the her team and everything and she would always be there to help her and um just like watching her like i wish i mean i wish she could still play today competitively in tournaments it'd be amazing to see how well she still has the talent um but watching her back then it was just pretty awesome
0: i wonder so when i had coach ianello on the podcast i don't remember exactly how we got into this conversation but we talked about players that she wanted to recruit players that she wanted on the team and she wanted uh, players that love to play golf watch golf talk golf practice hard and i just said kind of you know uh, you know in jest i said so you just like golf dorks and she's like oh yeah that's who i want i want dorks i want complete utter golf you know addicted kids that just cannot get enough about it Um what is a like when you're not playing when you're not practicing are you watching swings on youtube are you is golf central on 24 7 or do you try and get away from it
1: it's kind of a mixture of both um i mean if the mat i mean
0: oh yeah if golf's if, on tv if, i mean come if on, like yeah. the mat if like
1: if, if any major is on then yeah i'll definitely watch that um and even uh i will watch some lpga tournament like if i see like if it's like a i'll look at the leaderboard and if there are if there's like six girls uh within like two shots or one shot with like seven holes six holes left to play like i'll turn on because like that's like pretty exciting golf to see because but i mean i do watch it and then like or i mean sometimes i mean yeah it just kind of depends but I mean, I see a lot. I'll see like highlights on like Twitter and Facebook. So like, just kind of watching those are pretty cool to see too.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. We, <laughs> social
1: media kind of social media kind of takes care of just, like stuff that you missed. Watch that you missed from the coverage. So like, that's oh. fine for me to see too.
0: All right, so let's get into a little bit about the the. Uh, I want to talk a little about the national championship. Uh, you know, you guys picked that up last year. You made that dramatic five foot putt this year. You make the dramatic putt against USC to get you into the semis. So I was actually watching that, but actually both putts. But the this past year, the putt that you made to get into the semis, I was watching that live, and uh, and I just was like, oh, I can't. I I mean, I don't want to say I can't believe it, but I was like, yep, she did it again. And then I got text messages from a lot of my friends who who know I have this podcast, and they're just texting me. Haley Moore I'm like yeah I'm watching it I got it I, I see what's happening <laughs> so um, I'm gonna pass over the typical question of what does it feel like to make a putt like that I want to go into what you do to prepare yourself and put yourself in the best position to make putts like that because again a lot of people that listen to the podcast they're amateurs They'll be playing a club championship or they're playing a match against their buddies and they got that seven, that, you know, five to seven footer left to right break, or they got a twenty-five-footer up the hill. What put you in the best situation to make that putt through your practice sessions in Arizona? What are some of the drills that your team does to get your putting sharp? You know, what are some of maybe the 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 mental exercises you do to clear the mind and just you know freely stroke the ball
1: um yeah so one drill one drill that um we actually our coach kind of came up with us it's kind of it's just like 10 feet around the world so you put like six six to 10 tees just like around the cuff from 10 feet and i mean they're a mixture of uphills downhills uphills left to right uphills right to left downhills left to right Downhills right to left, or just kind of like flat putts that have big that have right to left or left to right break And basically, if you um you want to try to get it in three on un- in like three under or better. But the key is if you leave it short, or if you go more than two feet, it's more than two feet past the hole. It's a bogey. Okay. And then if you hit it past the hole inside two feet, then it's a par. So I mean if you feel so like it's, it's like you're it's kind of more based about your speed but there was um a, like when she first gave us this drill a couple of my girls on my team it would take them like four times to like it took, after like the fourth time they finally got it so like i mean they would kind of get like a little upset like oh my gosh come on this seems so easy why can't i do it um but like I think every time I just kind of kept challenging them to know that like like they can do it because it kind of it does kind of feel like a pressure situation. Sure. Yeah. And so, I mean, after the first time they kept doing it, like every like every practice, and they were getting better and better at it. Um, and then um, after our regional practice, John, we were doing a drill that one of our teammates it's called by catch me if you can and it's basically it was also from 10 feet and so basically if you have if there's three girls in it you have like you can have like one t or two t separating each girl and so if i think there were two t's because like it's so like if the first girl makes it she gets to move on but then if the next girl misses she has to stay there so, like, the girl that's behind her, if she catches up to her, makes it, and then the girl misses it, the girl who who was in that same spot, like, is eliminated. So, like, that's kind of pressure, too, because, um, like, if you see her moving closer, you're like, oh, my gosh, I need to make this putt. Like, this putt could mean something. And um, we would also kind of play, like, just putting contests after practice was over. Um, and we would just pick, like, rent. Like, we would pick, like, a... 10-foot putt, then we would go to, like, a 5-foot. Then we would go to, like, a 20-footer putt. And then even, like, if we had two putts to win a match, like, for, like, a lag putt, we would take, like, a lag putt just to lag it up there. So we kind of just think of, like, competitive games to play just because we knew that like we wanted to get back to the finals again. And, like, we knew that there would be other teams out there practicing a lot harder than we were to, like, make a lot more putts. And just to be in that more competitive drive, we were practicing like the same stuff too.
0: Absolutely. Well, you guys were one, uh, you know, one match short. I know you fell, uh, you got to the semis this year after winning the national championship last year. So you guys were almost there, um, but, but fell one short. Um, I guess the thing that I kind of want to know is that you said you went into school very early. So you went a semester early. I believe you were 17 when you, when you started college, if that's, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So you're 17, you're there early, you're there (laughs) as a freshman, um, you know, you play in a major at the age of 15. So you've had these, these really high profile experiences at such a young age. And now you're starting to play as a, starting your professional career, Uh, what are maybe some of the things, or or can you think of something that you had to experience as a freshman that you wish you were maybe better prepared for? I guess, you know, as a senior leaving school, you know, can you maybe speak to the difference in your personality and maybe in your maturity, you know, since you started college? Like, what are you better at handling now than you were as a freshman?
1: When I first kind of stepped on to the campus like in that spring semester as a freshman i was kind of very shy at first like i wouldn't really i would kind of really only like talk to my coaches like before i mentioned stuff to my teammates just because i never i mean i did know who they were but they're older than me and right i just didn't and like and not and like i'm Still trying, I was still trying to get very mature. So, like some of the stuff I would say, like when I was seventeen, doesn't come out, wouldn't come out right to them, just because I'm just so young and that they may not understand it. Right. Um. So that was kind of a bit scary too. But I just kind of, I just learned from other teammates, um, just how they kind of mature up, and like each year my maturity got better. I was talking a lot more and just and like you know if a teammate was struggling like I would kind of just kind of help them be like like what like what do you need to work on like like is there anything you need I can definitely like give you some stuff to help you or anything like that and so yeah it was the first like year and a half it was kind of I was like very shy but I mean, I still am a little shy today if I, if a stranger just comes up to me, but I'll definitely, I won't walk away like what I normally do. I might try to talk to them a little bit. Okay. Especially because, like, I have people who come up to me, like, today, and be like, oh, I watched you last year in this shit. You had an amazing career, right. an amazing story. Like, good luck. And, I mean, if I was 17, I would kind of say, like, Oh, thank you and then just like walk away but <laughs> now <laughs> but like today I'll keep talking to them and just try to get in a relationship just because of, like now since being a professional, like it's like I'm trying to find my like, sponsors and everything out there and sure. so they could work and so like they could be working for like this big company that I have no idea and if I keep if I engage with them and talk to them a lot so definitely um, they could definitely they will like remember my name and like, know that oh I had a really good conversation with her she's like just turned pro um, it would be nice to get to know her more maybe yeah
0: no that's that's an excellent point and that's not just for any that's not just because you're turning pro that's just you know you're thrust into the spotlight and I, people that are coming up to you they they want to have your golf game they they are they're rooting for you so that's you know, you got to keep that in mind. That's fantastic that you're you're you have the self awareness to realize that it's gonna, um, you know, you're building relationships and who knows where that relationship will take you. So, so you're a professional now. You just picked up uh, your first victory in the Cactus Tour, which is a, a developmental tour for for women out on the West Coast. You know, it sounds like the and I think anyone that watches that watched Arizona on on the you know national championship, um, you know, such a tight knit group. Are you trying to maybe form a crew like that that you can travel with or share experience or share experiences with as a professional? Or are you maybe trying to just kind of forge your own path? Uh, what's been your experience thus far as a professional?
1: It's kind of been kind of by myself lately. I mean, my mom has been traveling with me these first couple tournaments. Um, but there's actually um, – because I played – I played – the two Cactus Tour events that I played this year in Las Vegas, I played last year also, but as an amateur. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the girls from like last year were were playing that that same tournament, so I remember them, and like they remembered me, and so. But I um, there was this one college player from who played at UNLV. She's from England. We played at a lot of. We played, I think, two tournaments together like, back-to-back, and so we, and we, we were pretty, we were paired together almost every time, so we were talking a lot, we got, we kind of got into a good relationship, um, and she has, she has the same aspirations as me to go to Q School and get on to the LPGA,
0: um,
1: so I think definitely, we can definitely maybe, um, try to be, like, travel together and just play, like, like, um play and practice together just kind of get that going um and then hopefully maybe along the road um other people will want to like come um, join us and stuff but i mean that's something to explore but um right now it's going pretty good so
0: yeah because you're really i mean <laughs> i i've spoken to to players that play on on the developmental tours whether it's in, uh, you know, in other areas of the country, but it's really just, I'm, I'm assuming it's just a way for you to kind of keep your game sharp and get ready for Q school in August.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Cause there's no money to be made on the mini tours. It's just a place to play place to compete and identify weaknesses and, and enhance strengths to get yourself ready. What, um, you know, we didn't, uh, uh, hit on this. We're going to talk a little, I'm definitely going to put the link to, uh, your GoFundMe account in the show notes of this episode. That way people listening can kind of be aware of that. Um, the, the finances of trying to make it as professional, um, you didn't have to worry about that in Arizona. You have your, your equipment, you have your playing privileges, you have your travel and hotels. It's all taken care of. You just really just got to show up when, when, you know, when the bus is leaving, I mean, you're all set. Um, you know how is how have you been able to adapt to that? Knowing that this is a completely different thing with no financial support behind you.
1: I knew because like once nationals was over, I knew that like I, I like needed to start this account just because. I mean, I did try to save some money, um, like in I did try to save some money, but that it was not enough, um, and so basically like. Before I started the GoFundMe account, I was just kind of researching and researching and just kind of, like, using and just jotting down numbers and getting, like, approximate numbers of, like, if I did have to travel somewhere, if I did have to travel by air, like, how much that would be. And then, um, I mean, but, like, my my coach, she did give me a lot of tips. Like, at first, you want to, if you do have to fly, then you have to fly I mean, unless you want to drive all the way across the, you want to drive across the country and then go ahead. But if sometimes that's hard to do. Like, just if you're not used to driving so far. Right. Um. But like she said, like to try to stay like in Airbnb and stuff before hotels because you just you save a lot of money because like a lot of times they'll like you don't really have to pay them because they provide you food and everything and like you're staying at their house so that definitely helps out a lot and definite and even like your caddy you'd rather have maybe a family member or a close friend who like real, who really won't charge you because um, they want to do it that those are kind of two key to like try to save on expenses but
0: well, it's always good to get, you know, like like you said, get exposure, get your name out there, stay in the public eye, and, uh, you know, uh-huh. you're going to be on the LPGA Tour pretty soon. So, um, you know, that'll uh, that'll take care of itself. We didn't talk about the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Uh, I know there's tons of media attention on that, but I, I wanted to kind of get, you know, I guess the way it was per- portrayed in the media was, you know, very historic event, first women's amateur event at Augusta National. Um, and absolutely very historic, but I'm curious, what was your mindset and maybe some of the other players mindsets going in? Were you thinking I want to win this, or are you thinking, I just want to make the cut so I can get to play two rounds at, I guess, a national or whatever happens, happens. I'm just happy to be here. Like how different was that from the typical tournament that you're used to playing in? It was true. I
1: was truly grateful. It was an awesome experience. basically like a year before basically the year before when chairman when the chairman when he announced it at one of his press conferences right before the masters i i didn't watch it live because i was in I, I had a class to go to at U of A, but i listened to it after and when i heard that they were going to host an inaugural event there for the top 70 women in the world i just I was like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe, like, this is going to be happening. Uh, This is changing the women's golf world. And I knew at that point, I knew my ranking was pretty – I knew my ranking was good enough that if I just keep playing consistent golf throughout the year, it will stay in the top 70 and whatnot, um, and I would be able to go play it. And, like, when I received that invitation, like, it was was just like – it was just like a, ma- it was just like a master's invitation.
0: Right. Of course. Um,
1: so that was so like seeing that invitation kind of gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh my gosh. And like just seeing Augusta nationals is pretty awesome. So yeah, but like going into that tournament, I mean, it would have felt nice. I mean, I did have, I did have expectations of winning it, but I just, I really wanted to enjoy the experience and. I mean, I really want... I mean, it was a big goal of mine to make the cut just because I knew knew they were going to televise it and that basically the televising would have a huge impact on, like, the whole world watching and especially all those little girls out there who want to be at our level one day, like, for them to watch it. Even for, like, the local ones who live in Georgia who wanted to go out and watch us play, like, they have... I think they had... A better time than we did because, like, they just want to watch us and just experience this great golf and be out there one day um in our footsteps and everything.
0: Who did you get to bring with you to Augusta National?
1: Uh, I brought my mom.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: um but we had we had some we had she had some friends who lived pretty close um, in Georgia, so they were able, they were able to come. Um, so we had because we had like eight passes to give out right and both of my and both of my coaches came to watch so I mean one of my coaches he's he's been there before but my head coach Laura she has she has never been there so she was pretty amazed by it and um but yeah my friends um who came like they absolutely loved it and (laughs) I wanted to bring a lot of people but I only had eight tickets I was like, sorry, I can't, I can't bring
0: all you I'm not going to ask who was unlucky number nine that didn't get the ticket. I'm not going to ask that question. Um, but, but who, uh, who in your group that you brought to Augusta national was the most awestruck where you're like, all right, look, hold it together. Just pretend you belong here. Just, just, just don't embarrass me in front of everyone. Like who was like, oh my, who was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're here.
1: Um, probably my mom. Yeah, you can throw mom under the bus.
0: That's fine. She can handle it. So, so mom was like, Mom, don't embarrass me. All right. This is a big deal. People know me here. Now, just calm down. So, um, how, how bad was she, uh, in the, in the pro shop? I mean, was she shopping for souvenirs the whole time? How, like, like, how was it? I mean, I know you guys rated that place pretty good. Yeah. She's
1: actually, we're, (laughs) she, she she can hear us talking because we're, She's, she's in her office working. I'm in the other room, but it's okay.
0: <laughs> oh, your mom's um, there right now? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: All right. All right. Tell yeah. tell, mom I said, okay. tell, mama, tell mom I said tell Mama tell mom said hi. <laughs>
1: um no, actually one of the one of the nights we got um before we were able to go have dinner out um, with the chairman and so before that we were actually able to go down to basically their pro shop where it's just this big place that has all of the merchandise, oh. and we actually, the players, we actually got some free stuff. Like we, they said we could pick out a hat, two polos, and a sweater, and that's basically we. That's like free for us, So we kind of got to. They had like a little selection, and we were able to choose what we liked. And like, um, they would get it out for us, and we could take it home right away um
0: you're just making every listener of this podcast insanely jealous but you'll that's okay
1: <laughs> yeah so I was like because like if I would have bought so about those four things I would have probably been about like $300 oh of like course
0: that. of course
1: <laughs> um but yeah but we are I mean it's actually kind of hard because like there and so like I, I texted my family back home I was like we're gonna be able to go shopping. Like, what do you guys want? Because like <laughs> normally I would kind of text pictures of like the style of hat or like what color shirts they have, the style of it. Because I like, because they, they want to get like a pretty nice one, right? But like you can't, but like you can't. I mean, you can't really do that there. So like I just kind of have to guess. And like, oh, okay, I think this is cute. I think they'll like this. Um, but yeah, it was definitely. Um, they, she did a lot of shopping and then, um, the day when I was warming up, when our friends came, she, they, they did a lot of shopping too. And then there was actually, we had someone from U of A, he was going to go the Sunday and watch the masters. And he's like, he told me, he's like, how much money should I bring? And <laughs> I was like,
0: all of it. <laughs> I
1: couldn't really answer that just because I didn't know exactly how much stuff he was buying. But he when he came back, he's like, I spent, like, he said he spent like a good amount. He was, I was like, he, I was like, was it worth it? He's like, oh yeah, oh yeah,
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, that was a great experience, and I know now, I know your your final round at Augusta National. You you shot even par. I think you finished T ten um i think you finished uh, tied for 10th if i remember correctly in the in the um in the tournament
1: That's tied for tied for 7th seventh, seventh,
0: yeah. i'm sorry 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 about that Here uh, Here so I, so i know you i know you shot 72 um what was it 15 pars in a row and then you come to 16 make a birdie were you just how was that final round was it nerves was it just you're just waiting to get the lid off and make a bunch of birdies and just nothing was happening um uh, or, or, or you know, walk me through a little bit of the uh, of the round.
1: Yeah. um So i i was I was kind of I was like kind of one the last key time. Yeah. So, but I wanted, but I wanted to watch the ceremonial tea shot in the morning. So I kind of got, I got it a little bit earlier than what I wanted to. But we were actually able to store like our stuff like in like one of the locker rooms. So like that was pretty cool to just to see. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, but like watching that ceremonial tee shot, that was pretty awesome. And then I just kind of did my own thing. I went, what? Well, I went down to the range and just till I, that range is really, the range is a really awesome. Yeah.
0: Well, you're just out of your, el- you're just out of your element. I mean, I think everyone yeah. was just a little bit out of their element there. Just forget about the fact that it's Augusta national, but it's just the tournaments an inaugural, there's all the media yeah, coverage.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, it's insane, like, because we're driving there, because, like, we're getting, a we have these shuttle vans that are shuttling us, and just, you don't know that that golf course is there, but then once you turn right, because, like, we got to go down Magnolia Lane, and, like, when you turn right, you're just like, uh, how is this even here? It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. And so, like, driving down Magnolia Lane was pretty awesome.
0: That's great. <laughs> um.
1: mean i don't think anything else can i don't think anything can pop that i mean
0: that's (laughs) that's that's the the place to be yeah
1: yeah um and then so like i was on the first tee i was i actually i was playing with a girl from duke who i kind of i knew her a little bit because we did play some junior golf together um so but she was her and i she, she was Pretty. She was nervous the first couple of holes, but I was pretty nervous on. I was pretty nervous too, even though I'd like. I mean, even though like I've been in a, in a large crowd before from like 2015 at the A and A, but I think this crowd was bigger than what the A and A had. I mean, because like the days before, I was asking, I was like, how many like people who are supposed to be watching? And They, it said like it was sold out, but like they didn't have any. They don't really have the exact number, Right. but I think after I, think after I heard there were like forty to fifty thousand people, I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that's pretty awesome!" <laughs> like that's that's pretty that's pretty amazing for the women's game. Um, so, yeah, I just, so I, I kind of just start off a little nervous, but then I just kind of got back into the groove and just I was just kind of walking down the fairway with my caddy because my he was a local caddy. And he knew he knew Augusta really well. So I was very comfortable with him on the back just because I knew that if I got in trouble or if I was in this one spot on the green, he would tell me exactly where to hit it and hopefully I would hit it there. And someone the who was a hole like I like I know how challenging the greens were, but just on T V you can never see how undulating they are. But like this one hole, he told me, Okay, you have to aim five feet to the right. And I'm like, really? And he's like, trust me. And I, like, I saw that during the practice round and, like, I did it. And then I, like, I was, like, really close to the hole and I was like, wow. And he's, no like,
0: no way you thought that had any <laughs> chance of going in. And then, of course. No,
1: I was like, seriously, what? I'm like, like, I have to Like, I have to all the way out here to get it close. And he's like, yes. Yeah. Yes, you
0: do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I live here. Uh, yeah, this is exactly what you need to do. Wow. Um, so, Haley, I'm going to let you go here, um, but I, I wanted to ask you one final question before. Uh, you know, we talked about your match play record, 5-0 and at Arizona, uh, tremendous match play record in junior golf. So let's go ahead and look forward to a potential Solheim Cup appearance for you. Who would you want as your partner, And maybe, who would you want to play against?
1: (laughs) I mean, it would be awesome to have someone like Lexi as my partner, just because we both hit the ball long. Right. And, but I mean, also you have, I feel like it would be nice to be paired with like a veteran, um, just because they've been in that. I mean, I know, I mean, the full Cup is definitely more competitive than like what an NCAA match play is, but... If I would be like a rookie and have to play with a veteran, that would be pretty awesome just because if they could tell that I would be nervous or something, sure. they would kind of just, they would kind of just help me just kind of refocus and just enjoy it. Um, and to play again, I had, I got the great fortune to play with Charlie all the first two rounds um, at the A&A and she's a really awesome player. Um, and she's again she's a long hitter like i am so it'd be cool to be with her i mean all the european girls are pretty they have they have that fire for match play. So oh, i think the yeah. european player yeah it's tough to like win a match between them so
0: well hopefully we will see you on that team we will see you on the lpga tour very soon uh Thank you for joining us here at, uh, at the back of the range today. And, uh, we wish you the best of luck in the rest of the summer and, uh, go tear it up at Q school. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much. This was awesome.
0: And there you have it. Another great episode here at the back of the range golf podcast, special thanks to Haley Moore best of luck to her as she gets ready for Q school this year. I know we're going to be seeing her on the LPGA tour very soon. Don't forget, keep leaving your reviews in Apple Podcasts, and we have a giveaway contest this week for the Open Championship. Head over to Instagram for more information on that. Our handle is the Back of the Range Podcast. So enjoy the Open Championship from Royal Port Rush, and we'll see you again next week at the Back of the Range.